Welcome to the Weight Loss Podcast, where we offer solutions to the obstacles you face when it comes to achieving your health and fitness goals. As a married couple who's lost a combined weight of 100 kilograms and 11 clothes sizes, our raw, real, and relatable stories will show you the path you must walk to achieve, and more importantly, maintain the results you know you can reach, because we know it works. So get ready to share the success and show the results with your hosts, Matt and Courtney. Hello and welcome to the Weight Loss Podcast. I'm here. Well, I'm Matt. I'm not here. That's not my name. My name's Matt, but I am here. <laughs> wow. With me, courtesy of the condescending laugh and the wow, is Courtney. How are you going? I, I, I'm i here and my name's Courtney and I'm doing great. <laughs> I nailed this, didn't I? So nailed it. nailed it. Thank you very much. And so, Courtney, a question for you. Did you know that success leaves clues? Yes, I did know that. Really? Yes. Because that's the theme of this season of the show. It is. And one might say it's gone down well so far. It has actually. All jokes aside, it has gone down very well. Everyone seems to be enjoying it, uh, which is great. Now, in keeping with the theme of the season so far, we are bringing to you another interview. Yes. But not just another interview. No. We are talking to someone who has produced and is still working to continue to produce one of the single best transformations you will ever see in your life. Yes. Where this woman has lost upwards of 110 kilograms. Yes. Not that we bother weighing people. The only reason we know that's because she's told us. Yes. But the photos do the talking. She's literally a third of her size when we first met. It's unreal. I honestly forget what she used to look like when we first met her. And this is why we take photos for yeah. this exact purpose. Because you can then see you can then see a visual representation of the journey. So it's an interview with Alison who has I mean she is she is as much a one percenter, as I like to say, as anyone you could meet mm. because when you consider where she started from in terms of having unsuccessful weight loss surgery, stop me if that sounds familiar. Yeah. Unsuccessful weight loss surgery, um, but then she had all the complications or sorry, all the all the drawbacks of weight loss surgery she had, but none of the alleged benefits. No. So, hey, I had this U-Beaut weight loss surgery, except um, I'm not losing any more weight, but now I actually feel worse because I now can't eat food. I now can't be active. I've got no energy on a day-to-day basis. So, fantastic. Um, where the fuck do we go from here? Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's just such a massive story because I think all we generally know about weight loss surgery is that a lot of people see it as, quote unquote, the easy answer to losing weight. Well, it's, I suppose it's almost like paying for, you could say, a quick fix. Yeah. But uh, myself personally with my career, I've worked with a number of people uh, post weight loss surgery. And to be honest, <clears throat> I've only met one who's had success and that's Alison. But the success has not come because of the weight loss surgery. No. It's no. come despite... The surgery, so it is. It is commonly looked at as, oh, well, this will fix my problems. Well, actually, it doesn't. Um, it's often what you don't get told mm. about these procedures in terms of, well, look, 
this procedure could work for you provided you don't want to eat food and provided you have no interest in being an active person the rest of your life. If those two things, if, if eating food and being active mean nothing to you, away we go. Yeah, I think as well, obviously, they come with a lot of risks as well. I've heard of people that have had the surgery where it's gone not so great and they end up not being able to eat food very much at all on oh, a there, long-term there, there basis. Can be, there can be intolerances, There's reflux complications, issues. reflux issues. I think then as well you go into uh, the people who have the surgery that think that they can just continue eating the same food that they've always eaten. Oh, yeah, where it's used as, I suppose, like a, a Band-Aid or a mask where it's like, well, I've got these bad habits and, well, if I get the surgery, that'll just help me to eat less of the same shit yes. that got me overweight in the first place. But then the problem becomes and people start to make themselves physically sick from that. Yep. Um, so it, it, it's just such a deep, deep dive into a, a whole area where I think a lot of people just don't quite understand it and I, and I applaud Ali for being so open about it. Yes. I think there's a lot of people out there that have had this surgery that try to make it seem like that they haven't had surgery and they well, don't nothing, talk about well, if, it. If nothing's changed and you're still overweight yet you've spent thousands and thousands of dollars on this on this procedure and you're still the exact same, like, yeah, like, I feel bad too. Yeah, so I applaud Ali for talking about it and for being so open about how she has had it, hmm. how... Well, how it hasn't worked. It didn't work for her uh, the way that she thought that it would, which I think is is great feedback for a lot of people out there who do feel like maybe they're at their wits' ends and they feel like this is the only way to go. And I know a lot of health professionals push this as an option for a lot of people out well, there. money talks, To as say, we say, hey, have this surgery, have this surgery. And so I think it's great hearing from somebody who has been there who had – People tell her this is the best way to go. She did it and she realised it, it wasn't the best way to go. And to hear somebody be so open and talk about that, um, I think is going to be really helpful for it a lot is. of people. And I want to mention as well, because obviously, well, not obviously, but I I worked very, and have worked all the way through very closely with Alison. Yes. Uh, Courtney, Courtney met her before I did, but Courtney realised pretty quickly, oh, uh, the way Alison is wired and the way Matt is wired, these two will get along very, very well together. It's also uh, was probably above my skill set to work with someone like Alison in the beginning. Mm. Um, you, Matt, have obviously had a lot more experience in this industry I have, than I have. But I can say, from my perspective, uh, coaching Alison pretty much since day one, of all the people I've worked with, and there's been a lot, uh, Alison has been the biggest test of all of my skills. Mm. Because you might go, oh, well, weight loss surgery makes it easier. No, it fucking made it harder. Because yeah. I had to then know that, okay, she's because of the fact that she could only eat initially meals the size of an egg, that drastically limits her energy output. Yeah. And we also then had to make sure that, well, she can't, she couldn't eat meals that your average woman could eat. No. To begin with, let alone, so the volume's not there to support any sort of, um, big-time exercise routine. So from a coaching perspective, I've never been tested so much by someone. And it's not I'm, – what I'm saying that it's not like I'm saying she's a pain in the ass because she's not. She's been a pure joy to work with. Has, like everyone's, had her own challenges and had her own ups and downs. 
but just the complications from the surgery and what that entailed made this harder than it would have been had she not had the surgery. And I said that to her when her and I first met, like, hey, just so you know, just be prepared for this. This will be harder than it would normally be without the procedure. I'm ready for it if you are. And to her credit, she was all in. Mm. So she's always had a, a very strong reason for change, which is you know, what got her to, to commit and play the long game and like, well, if you duck over to the show notes page over at theweightlosspodcast.com, you will see some photos over there that will melt your brain. Mm. Like there's, there's no other way to put it. You look at these photos and it's just like, holy shit, how yeah. is this possible? It is possible. Uh, it's just taken time. Yes. It's taken a coordinated effort from both her and I working as a team. Uh, and from Alison's perspective, really being able and ready to learn from her mistakes and improve her self-awareness to see where her bad habits are. Mm. So please go to the weightlosspodcast.com to look at the show notes page of this episode. The photos the photos will put it into perspective. Yes. And when you when you hear our chat with Alison, you'll start to put this all together. She legitimately is one of a kind. There's I've never met someone like her. No. She's incredibly focused and driven woman and I think that whether you know someone who's had surgery, whether you've had surgery, whether you've been thinking about surgery or completely not even on your radar at all, you will get something from this interview. You will because this is someone who who has changed in ways that people don't change. Yes. And it's the only person I've ever worked with who's had an even bigger transformation than I have, which makes me proud. Yes. Because I always want the people I work with to do better than I have. Yes. And she's she's one of these people. So without further ado, let's get into this. Courtney, so we really hope you get a lot out of this and we will see you on the other side. Yeah. All right, I'm here. I have with me the boss. Me, I'm here. That would be Courtney. That's me. You're the boss? <laughs> yes. We're all clear on this? Yes. How are you, Dolph? I'm great. All over it? Yes, happy, ready for today's podcast. We have a very, very special guest with us. One Exciting. might say the most special of guests. Yes. We have the one, the only, Alison Brown. Yes. Hey, Ali. I am here. How are you? You are here? I'm good. We can confirm you're here? Yes, I am in the room. It, ooh, ooh, present. Yeah. In the room, the party room with us. Mm-hmm. We've brought Alison on, well, if you've gone to the show notes page of this episode over at... Um, Theweightlosspodcast.com. Thank you. You'll, you'll have seen by now some pretty remarkable photos of Ali. She has changed a little bit, you might say, over the last couple of years. And in keeping with the theme of Success Leaves Clues, which is the whole theme of this season of the show, it was a complete no-brainer, Ali, to bring you on. Now, off the top of my head, I actually can't remember how much weight you've lost because the photos do do all the talking, as does your life now versus when we first met. But where are you at now, like 110? 110, yeah. 110 kilos now? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty fucking impressive. So as part of this chat we're going to have with Ali, we're going to really break down where she's come from, lessons learned, because there's, it hasn't been the smooth ride that people may look and think that it is. That would be false. True. 
and just get the insight from a woman who's done what not many people actually do from a number of different viewpoints. So, you know, we'll have a discussion about about weight loss surgery and our, our opinions on that and uh, the perils and pitfalls, but also the perspective of a woman who has not just changed herself inside and out, but has also improved on it, let alone kept it. Now, Courtney, if I can bring you in here, you actually met Alison before I did. Sure did. Sure did. Can you just give us a, a bit of a rundown on, on how that all came about from your perspective? Well, from what I remember, we met as a result of a post that was put up on Facebook mm. about my journey to weight loss, if I remember correctly, and... Was it Ali? Was it you or Caroline that? It's Caroline. It was Caroline. I thought it was Caroline that messaged first mm-hmm. uh, on your behalf, obviously, yeah. with your permission, yeah. obviously. No, no, no. <laughs> no wasn't with your permission. No, 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 it wasn't. It was behind her back. Yeah. So she she messaged first. Yeah. Yes. So Caroline messaged first. Mm-hmm. Caroline is your wife partner. Yes. Yep. Just for context. Is, <laughs> yeah. is she your boss like Courtney's my boss? Oh, no. no. Okay. So there's no. a different pecking order I'm there. I'm boss. Yes. Okay. Okay. Just making sure we're clear <laughs> on that. All right. It's so, more like me and Courtney at the same. Okay. Yeah. 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 Senior levels here. Okay. That's yeah. right. Yeah. All right. No, you're wrong. Uh, so, <laughs> stay, stay in my lane. So Caroline messaged me about Ali and we organized a meetup at yes. the gym and I, Caroline, brought you, if I remember, <laughs> yes. to meet me and mm. sat in the car while you came in and we had a, a, um, a bit of a chat mm-hmm. and organised to come in for her first gym class. Now, from bringing you in here, Ali, what, what was your life? Give us a bit of a background on who were you at this time and like what, what would have prompted Caroline to do that on your behalf? Like, Where were you back then? Uh, that was probably a month or so after I did my weight loss surgery. Now, what procedure did you have? Uh, gastric sleeve. Now, what does that entail? Uh, they take the majority of your stomach away and leave you basically a stomach the size of a banana. The size of a banana? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Or a little bit bigger. I don't know, but that's... A large banana. Yeah, a large banana. A large banana. (laughs) Don't know why I chose banana, but yeah, a large (laughs) banana. (laughs) Maybe you like bananas. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. You never know. We'll go with that. Yeah. Right. So I had um had weight loss, had the had the sleeve, had yes. a stomach the size of quote unquote a large banana. <laughs> yes. What prompted you to get the surgery? Uh, I got to a point where I was even more overweight than I was when I came to you guys, and I basically hit a point where I couldn't look after myself, and so the relationship that I had became. Instead of being a two individuals in a relationship, it became basically a carer relationship. And how old were you then? Uh, oh my god! Well, how young were you then? How old was I? Well, this was 2015. How old am I now? It's like I don't know, 32, I think. Early 30s, yeah. and in 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 the relationship where there's almost like a caregiver. Yeah, and so yeah, I couldn't. Well, I could look after myself, but it was a struggle every day to do simple things that shouldn't ever be a struggle. How much were you tipping the scales at back then? 
I would be Ish. pretty sure I'd be up near 200. And just for at context, point, you are five foot nothing. Yeah, I'm five foot three, basically, at, is that in at that, best. Is that in heels or out of heels? Best. <laughs> That's on my best day, I am five foot three. I'm going with the fact that I'm five foot three. Okay. Maybe I'm five foot two, but I'm... All right. Yeah. She's five foot three. You if like, I yeah, okay. stand really, really tall, it's five three. <laughs> if I wear my hair up. Yeah. <laughs> if I wear my ponytail on the top oh, of my hair, then it's knot. five three. <laughs> Yeah, so Alison's um, Allison. I'm short. Can't, can't, let's use the term fun size. Yeah, yeah. So 200 kilos is, is a hell of a lot. It's a, a lot, lot of weight for someone that short. Well, yeah. To yeah. be honest, no matter how tall you are, like you could be my height, yeah. that weight, it's like you're taking up some space. That's yeah. a lot of weight, but yeah. but for somebody especially who is that short, <clears> that is putting up like a whole new level of strain on your body. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So if I could ask, how did it get to that stage? Uh, basically by going from doing a job that was extremely physical for 14 odd years since I finished high school to moving overseas and doing a job that involved doing very little physical activity and being in a country where there was no access to fresh fruit, fresh vegetables, you know, everything was sent over and frozen and I didn't have the time or the energy at the end of most days to think about trying to make something healthy. And so we lived on basically one meal a day and it was a very, very unhealthy meal and a very big meal and it was always at the end of the day. And, yeah, combination of stress of running our own business and, yeah, not looking after myself on a personal level. Where was this? Falkland Islands. That's off South America, yeah? Off the coast of South America, yeah. Ah, I miss the geography here. Yeah. See that? It's on it. Yeah. It's a UK Gold country stuff for you. Yeah. yeah. England owns it, don't they? Yes. Yeah. Part of the UK. Yeah. Well, UK territory. So, running a business on the Falkland Islands, what sounds mm-hmm. like very isolated. Yeah, very. Go from being very active. Now, back before then, was that when you were on the horses? Uh, no, I wasn't even riding horses before then. Oh, like. I rode my own horses, um, yep. but even back then I was over 100 kilos. Even when I was doing a physical job, I was over 100 to 120 kilos. Which tells you, that says about habits then as well. Yeah, and yeah. So then when you take away the so activity... So you take away the exercise, yeah. But, and it just but the bad habits still remain. Yeah, just balloons. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, so you went and then you moved back to Australia? I did, yeah. It got to a point over there where I was, yeah... I was just really, really unhealthy and I basically got to a point where I said I need to go back to Australia and I need to do something to kickstart getting it off because otherwise I wasn't going to be around. (laughs) Was it affecting you mentally? Yes. In what way? Very much so. Um, Just in the way that I couldn't be my own person. I wasn't my own person anymore. In terms of personality, the way like you'd express yourself to people? Yeah, sort of thing, I was confidence. extremely closed off. I was unsociable, didn't want to be around anyone, didn't want to interact with anyone because of the fact that I wasn't comfortable in myself. Now, isn't that something worth touching on? How often that sort of attitude is usually a reflection of how we feel on the inside? Mm. I was like that when I was younger. Grumpy, didn't want to be around anyone. Were you the same? Yeah. Courtney? Yeah, to, I would go through different levels of that. Yeah. Uh, I think I, my history with my weight, I had a bit of a distorted view of myself where sometimes 
Um, I went through long stages of being very unhappy with the way that I looked and being very self-conscious about the way that I looked. And then I would go through phases of looking at myself and thinking, trying to convince me, oh, you don't look that bad. It's all right. Oh, it could be worse. Yeah. The, um, the old denial thing. Yeah. yeah. And then, I, and then I, it would perk me up for a little uh, bit of time and then yeah. either something would happen, a comment was made or, or I'd realise I couldn't fit into a particular size anymore, yeah. like I'd gone up a size and then you know, um, it would all go downhill again there for me. So I sort of yo-yoed a little bit on that. With you, Ali, was there a particular point in time or a particular moment where something snapped that made you go like, shit, this has gone too far? Uh, A little bit. There was a time over there when uh, I think it was actually a Christmas party or something and someone was recording like us all sitting at a table and Mm. there's a picture of me sitting with a bowl and it was salad. Bear in mind, but a bowl and a huge friggin' spoon going for it in my mouth, and my face was almost as big as the bowl. Yeah. <laughs> and I it? went, no, I haven't actually looked at myself in the mirror in a while. <laughs> so that's that, pretty horrifying. The photo was like a reality check, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Were you absolutely. sort of person? Because I would not hop in. I would not hop in front of a camera, See, or, a, or a mirror, uh-huh. or anything. You know, I very rarely would look at myself. Until some, so until, you know, that's sort of, you're confronted with that in front of you, you don't think about it or you try not to think about it. You know, you feel uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and you know that you're not comfortable in yourself, but to be actually confronted with it in front of you, staring at you is a very different thing. That is a giveaway for other people, isn't it? You hide from the camera, you hide from mirrors, like you walk past, say a shop and you won't look look in the window. Yeah. I think it can also be from my point of view, from what I went through in terms of the mental yo-yo, it can still be just as powerful for someone with my mentality where I would would look at myself in the mirror, but you you're constantly convincing yourself that it's not as bad as you think it is. It could be worse oh, I look good today, you know, because you wake up first thing in the morning and you haven't eaten anything and, mm. and you know, oh, yeah. luck, you know I, I look all right. Yeah. Um, and then it's not until sometimes you do see yourself. I, I distinctly remember a time where um, I was thought that I didn't look that bad, like I wasn't mm. that big. And then I saw a picture after a, uh, one of my sister's engagement parties mm. and I looked fucking awful. <laughs> Like I look. Is that the technical term? Terrible, <laughs> terrible. Like you look back at it and think, why did I wear that? Why did I do that? Like mm. what? What? How did I not think that I looked awful? Mm. But at the time, I obviously didn't, and mm. I still looked at myself in the mirror, and yeah. I still had you know different photos and things like that. But I think sometimes when you you um, are constantly convincing yourself it's not as bad as it is. You can still have that mentality where you do. It is a real big reality check when you see yourself in a yeah. picture and you think, "No, nah, I don't look like yeah. that." Surely, no, I don't remember looking bad. like that. <laughs> not that bad. No. So, Ali, you had you had the reality check from a photo where your head is as large as the bowl you're chowing down. Maybe slightly from. exaggerating, but for me, it looked like my head was exactly the same size as the bowl. Well, it's in the same ballpark by the sounds yeah. of it, which yeah, is not cool. So. That, that prompts a bit of a snap by the sounds of it. Mm. How soon after that did you move back home? Uh, it wasn't long after that, actually, because I'm pretty sure I came back to Australia in January, and that would have been December. Wow. Yeah. Let's, just get, let's quick. get the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah quick it was pretty quick. Yeah. Okay. But then I had been close to that point for a long time before that, so, yeah. It was that just, pushed you over the edge? It was just that that sort of made me realise that 
something had to happen pretty quickly. Triggered. I get it. So you come back to Australia. Mm. When do you decide to get the surgery? Uh, Well, it would have been in August. So I, well, it took a while to go through the process of getting the surgery. So you have to go through the GP. Uh, yeah, you have to get a recommendation and then you go in for the initial and then they go and bring you in again for a like pre-op appointment where they take you through like a dietitian and you know, what will happen in the surgery and all of that sort of thing. Um, and then it, they don't give you a time that they're going to call you up for the next one. It's just whenever you fit into their system. And I was lucky enough that I didn't actually have to wait too long. Um, so I think it was sort of nine months or so. Sort of expectations were laid out before the surgery in terms of what your life would be like afterwards. Um, they basically say that uh, you will be on nutrient supplements for the rest of your life or a tablet. Um, but apart from that, that eventually you will go back to eating normally, but a smaller amount long term except eating normally can often be slight backfire yeah if, if eating normally yeah. is what got you there in the first place well exactly but they they do say that you know you shouldn't go back to eating junk food and all of that and you know you're going to find that you react to certain foods because of the fact that your stomach is a lot smaller and all of the I don't know what you call them um, the physiology of your stomach mm-hmm. is different any any discussion before the operation about uh you know like a, a physical lifestyle or what energy levels might mm, be like no not really no they didn't sort of give me any sort of idea of yeah what sort of effect it would have or well they didn't ta- they don't tell you what effect it's going to have on that sense but i think that's because they presume that people will just eat less of what they ate so and so therefore still get the energy from the food that they're eating. They're still going to eat shit, just less of it. Yeah, well, that seems to be the mentality. But, but because I they... think because I tried to go from eating shit to eating healthy and eating less of it, I struggled a lot because of the fact that I had nothing in my system. I had no energy. <laughs> yeah, you're going from very sort of energy-dense food to yeah. energy-sparse. Yeah, and you can't have things like fizzy drink and stuff in the first six months of the surgery at least. Well, mm. you can, but it, with a lot of pain that comes with it. What were you hoping was going to happen after the operation? In your mind, what was the best case scenario? Uh, my hope was that the operation would kickstart a weight loss and mean that I could get myself into a habit of eating less um, and therefore lose weight. But that didn't really fall down. Why? Uh, because eating less, well, eating less for what I could actually eat was not a good thing for me because of the fact that I didn't have anything in my system and therefore couldn't physically do anything. And so I struggled to even be the slightest bit active. So I had no energy. I had no food or nutrition in my body. And I had... Mentally, I had nowhere to go because you take away the one thing that people that are fat love is eating. You know, that's their comfort. That's the, you know, if you get stressed out, if you, you know, if you get worried about something, if you get emotional, you eat. Mm. You know, you take away the fact that 
they can do that and they've got nothing. They've got no food, they've got no energy and they can't do the one thing that comforts them. It also makes it hard to find, say, an alternative outlet. Yeah. Say an active lifestyle. Because as it turned out, like a bit of a preview for later on in this chat, you're an active woman and that wasn't happening back then. No, no, it wasn't. (laughs) So what happened then in terms of what happened between the time where you had the operation and you're going through your recovery phase and then before you meet Courtney, what was what was happening after the procedure then? Uh, well, it's a while until you can eat food at all. Like, so I was on soft foods for quite a while, and I was pretty sick. Um, like fully sick, bro, or sick? Like fully sick. Yeah. Like throwing up, sick. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, all the way. Um, and then yeah, I went on to solid foods, and I would eat the equivalent of an egg and be full. To the point where I felt sick. I wouldn't throw up, but I felt sick because you would feel that full. And I had an appointment in at the hospital and, and went in and talked to them about the fact that, you know, look, I can't eat more than like the, the equivalent of an egg. And they're like, oh, you know, but that's sort of roughly what you should be eating, like a quarter of a sandwich when you have that's the a point. meal. Like that's the idea that you eat Whoa. that small. How big were your portions before the surgery, just for, for comparison here? Like, massive. How, I would bigger eat... Bigger than an egg? Very much bigger than an egg. <laughs> Large banana? Than an egg. Well, yeah. if, well, if the reference was to eat quarter of a sandwich, if we're going with that, if I you were eat, to sit down and eat a sandwich, how many sandwiches would you I eat? Could, I could have eaten at least two, two and a half sandwiches. Two, two and a half sandwiches. And, yeah. and now a quarter of a sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a big difference. It just... And I wouldn't have eaten a sandwich either. No. So. Yeah. Is that part of <laughs> it the It would have been a lot higher calorie. So. Uh, weight come off in this time? Uh, I lost about 20 kilos before... Well, I lost about 10 kilos before I even went in for the surgery because for the week beforehand, you're basically Fasting. clearing out your system. And oh, I was detox. probably... Yeah, less, left, lost probably another 10 kilos oh, afterwards. Ah, a 10-day cleanse. I like it. Yeah. We could sell this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you yeah, lost 20 kilos overall. 20, yeah. What happened then? Uh, then it stopped. It and stopped? It stopped because of the fact that I was trying to eat enough that I could be active, that I could get up off the couch and go and do something and go for a walk. And So I was pushing the point of eating and I was pushing my stomach and, yeah, it stopped. I stopped losing weight. What happened then? Uh, then Caroline organized an appointment with Courtney How did and she break that didn't theory? actually tell me oh. until she said that she'd already contacted her and that, yeah, I should go in and meet her. How did she break this to you? Oh, very gently, actually. Really? I was, I was surprisingly enough sitting on the couch, <laughs> as was commonly the way. Not going out for a jog together when no, this is broken? No. no, And to be fair, she was sitting on the couch too, yes. so on Facebook. Um, what she said to you? She just said that, you know, look, she could see that I was unhappy and that things had plateaued and that, you know, maybe one way of trying to get me to try something different was to, you know, try what you guys had set up at the time, which was to go into a class that was small and unintimidating hmm. um, and see if I could handle doing that. And how do you react to that? I was terrified. 
In what way? But oh, because I was very much a recluse and I didn't want to go out and see people and be around people and so I was quietly shitting myself, to be honest. <laughs> Sounds like the mood and the temperament you had from when you were living in the Falkland Islands was still there post-surgery. Oh, absolutely. Even when I came back to Australia before the surgery, I didn't go and socialise. I would struggle to even go to a family event because I just felt uncomfortable, even with my family. But you had the, I suppose, had the the courage to get off the couch and... I did. Meet this one. I did. Which can be a scary proposition. It was terrifying, yeah. Yeah, going into gyms is really hard. It is. But luckily yeah. I was there. Yeah. So then well, it made it really yeah. easy. Yeah. So. <laughs> you got a bit of a twitch there with the middle finger, yeah. Courtney. <laughs> Something's wrong with the middle finger. It just pops up out of nowhere at me. Yeah. So you, um, Caroline sort of throws in the deep end then. Yes. By the way, it sounds like she's done it in the nicest possible way, mind you. Cause she that, did. That, that she can did. go pear-shaped pretty quickly. Yeah. An approach like that, a discussion like that. Yeah. Uh, so she's, I think, by the sound that she's sort of picked her moment well, and she she's did. she's laid it on you in the softest possible way. Yeah, well, she knew that I wanted to start doing some exercise because that was not something that I was thinking about as a way to to lose the weight, obviously, mm. because I had to think of something other than the surgery. Because in the couch my in my case, the surgery didn't work for me. Well, it did in, initially. But it didn't work for me in the fact that I didn't feel good about how I was afterwards. I think that's also a discussion about how you would define success Yeah. with this. So there's obviously a short-term weight loss benefit, but there are yeah buts that come with it. So yeah, but you can't eat more than an egg. Yeah. Yeah, but you feel like shit every day. Yeah. Yeah, but you're stuck on the couch. Not everyone feels the same. And, you know, I'm sure that some people afterwards... They're quite happy eating an egg and sitting on the couch and watching their telly or going to work and sitting at a desk. And That's not you. And that's, that's perfectly fine, but that's mm. not what I want. No, it's not, that's not who you are as we've got to know you. Yeah. So how things go, how, how did the discussion go when you first met Courtney? Like, How did you feel after that meeting together? Uh, I felt more encouraged, um, but still quietly shitting myself about actually having to follow through and rock up to a class. Because there were, um, even even in a small class, it's still people, and it's still being in an environment that was extremely uncomfortable for me. Oh, it's, it's the it's the definition of leaving your comfort zone. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because there are, no matter how much in this case, say a gym can be geared towards you know people like the three of us, when you're not used to it, like it is uncomfortable as fuck. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But clearly you had the, the the reason to follow through because you did. Yes. Which is where a lot of people come unstuck is that it's, you know, the talking's on point, but the follow through is lacking. Yeah. Yep. So you can say something there? I just want to say, I think that in Ellie's situation, I think that that's probably what impressed us. I think I can speak for both of us more than anything was that, I think, Ellie, you had more reason than anybody really not to come. Yeah. And it wasn't just because of the embarrassment or, or how hard it is to go into a new gym situation or anything like that because, yes, that's extremely challenging on its own. But then I think then if you add on top of that your physical limitations at the time. Yep. So you had 
you had uh, mostly, I think, recovered after the surgery by yeah. that point. Yeah. So that wasn't going to be an impact, but you were still roughly how, how big? 180 kilos. 180 kilos. Yeah. So no, then that... you're talking about limitations in terms of getting up and down off the ground. Yep. Mm. Um, no running. Um, so then you then the, that, that piles on a whole new set of fears, which is what am I going to be able to do? Yeah. Um, the embarrassment factor of potentially trying something and failing in front of other people. Yep. Um, There's also the part where, um, well, I recall not, and I, I remember saying this line of you and I first met, like I don't think you'll finish a class to begin yeah. with. No, and I think I warned you of that the very first time we met as well. Um, But, and there's always other things that can be done. So I wasn't concerned as the trainer Mm. about Ellie coming to class. Mm. But I did, I have to admit, I left our first initial discussion, went home and spoke to you, Matt, about, you know, who I'd met that day. I remember that. And I told you about Ellie and I said to you, the chances of her turning up will be slim to none. And I honestly... She's talking shit about you. <laughs> no, honestly. And it was because I I could see how scary it was going to be. And I thought she's going to need a few, a few goes to get used to the idea of actually coming to a class. But she... she to your credit, Ali, you bit the bullet and you turned up the first one that you organised to come. Mm-hmm. And I did try to prep you for that in terms of saying, you know, there's other things that can be done. Don't yep. worry if you can't get on the floor. <clears throat> we can do push-ups on the wall and yep. we can do walk instead of run. Just walk as fast as you can possibly walk. And, yep. you know, we build up to it, we build up to it. And you did, you came mm-hmm. and... Uh, I actually did think you got through the whole class because we told you that you wouldn't. So you were like, fuck I'm you, stubborn. I'm getting through the class. <laughs> and I think you ended up just walking it out for the rest of the class. Yeah. And, um, yeah, everybody I think you'll remember in that class was just in awe of not like your size, not what you couldn't do, but just the fact that you were there mm. and that you showed up and that you did it. I remember everyone in that class being in awe of what you did do, not what you didn't do. What I couldn't do. Yeah. So I think that that is something as well that people, I guess, that maybe haven't had to lose a lot of weight. Yeah. Are pretty quick to overlook how, A, intimidating, yes, going into a gym can be. You're right, Matt. But then, B, it's not just the intimidation factor for a lot of people of, going into an environment you're, you're not familiar with, with people you're unfamiliar with. It's just like the thinking about your limitations as well. Mm. Mm. Dealing with the fact that you've got limitations. Mm. And it's frustrating to know that you've got to the point where you've got so many limitations on yep. you. It wasn't long after that as well you started pumping the iron. Yes. It was very fi- quick. How'd you f- very extremely quick. How did you find that? Because you, you, had you done weights before... We have met. Uh, a little bit, not a lot. Okay. I did it uh, in when I was about twenty-seven, so about five years earlier. Mm-hmm. I'd done about three months worth of okay. in the gym. You've done and more lost than that like now. thirty kilos. And mm. Basically, went hard for three months and then fell over. <laughs> Stop me when that sounds familiar. <laughs> Often you hear about that Plenty as well. Many people do that. How yeah. um, how do you find the weights when you got back to work with us? I love the weight side of it. In what? Why? 
because it was something that wasn't necessarily as restricted by my size. As in, I could push myself more because it was less about my cardio ability to do things and in a way, um, yeah, less about the fact that I was that far overweight. Fun thing I remember. My competitive side comes out, so. Yes. I actually, I'm glad you mentioned that. I think that's something that you and I had a discussion about when you and I first met. Yeah. Because I remember one thing Courtney said to me was, I think you and you and Ali will get would get along very well <laughs> because you're kind of both very similar in terms of being stubborn and ultra competitive. Mm-hmm. And what do you know? She was correct. Yes, she was. But well, I knew that the very first time you showed up for the very first class, yeah. I knew you had that personality because you wouldn't have shown up otherwise if you didn't have that that sense of now nah, I'm going to show these people I can do this which I think is you, you've got to have a sense of that at some point yeah. throughout your journey otherwise the fears and, and the anxieties will just over overcome yeah, everything over. yeah. yeah I think also having just the the desire to seek change mm. because ultimately like no one can force you to go off the couch and do it yourself no you know no. You, need, you need that reason to, to get off so you took to the weights very well as I recall, because you were, you were pretty strong from the outset. Yeah. And uh, that, that, that kind of life, that to me seemed like duck to water. Yeah. What about, what about though, changing what was happening at home in terms of what was going into your body? Because that was always, I remember you went, when you and I spoke, well, we, we both agreed like this is going to be the actual hard part. Yeah. Because um, the size of your meals were so limited, mm. we had to make every, every little bit of nutrition count. Yeah. How do you find that early on? Uh, that was really hard. In what way? Um, because of the fact that I could only get a tiny amount in and it wasn't necessarily um, what I needed to get in, as in even if I wanted to get, you know, a heap of protein in, I couldn't always do that because of the fact that my body would react mm. to having that much of the protein or whatever Anything. it may be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was very limiting in the fact that, yeah, it would depend what my body reacted to on that day. And yeah, my, my stomach became very sensitive to things. So yeah, it wasn't just the size, but also what it was that I could eat. What did you find was working for you early on? Um, probably separating the two. So I would have something like a piece of chicken and I would have, you know, the cucumber, tomato and you know the tiniest little bit of Mm. lettuce and that was sort of enough that I felt like I'd eaten a meal um but not so much that I felt sick half an hour afterwards yeah how long did it take for it to start to feel like oh shit I'm actually getting a little bit more energetic here oh it didn't take long to be honest um within a couple of weeks I was feeling a lot more energetic because I was you know getting more into my system, but also the fact that I was getting out and doing something and feeling like I was actually in control of doing something. What was that doing to you between the ears? Well, a heap. (laughs) Such as? Um, Just being able to move, just being able to do something, just being able to get up off the couch, even if it's for a 10 minute walk is, you know, does, does wonders for getting your head back on the right space. Confidence builder? Absolutely. Yeah. Would you say that confidence comes from, I suppose, doing? Definitely, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that will say, oh, just be confident, you'll be fine. Like, yeah. No. <laughs> the exact same no. reaction. Fake it until you make it. 
Yeah, yeah no, you, you got Don't to do fake it. it. You won't make it. <laughs> so you start to you start to feel some improvements. Yeah. Um, how long then afterwards until the clothes started getting a bit bigger? Um, I don't know. It wasn't it wasn't actually all that long because I think as soon as I started being able to move or well being able to do that side of things and feeling comfortable in that environment to the point where I could go to the classes fairly regularly. Your consistency yeah, was started, outstanding. It started coming off pretty quickly. Because mm. of the fact that my body was, things were moving. And even if it was just me moving physically a small amount, it was still me in control of moving my body. And instead of just putting food in and in and out, in and out, mm. um, there was something else going on. And that triggered my metabolism to work harder and my body to work harder and the weight to come off. And so. That's what it needed. You you mentioned before, so you were eating, you know, the the meat, one meal a day the size of an egg. Well, I wasn't eating one meal a day, but I, yeah, the, my meals were that small. How yeah. many were you having before we met, uh, roughly? Two, three, if I could. Just for frame of reference, where are you now? Meals. Yeah. Oh, six or seven. <laughs> that's most days. That's pretty good. They're so. still small, but yeah. But the, the frequencies, the frequencies paramount there. Yeah. Keep energy coming in. So how, how did you find it? Like, did your body start to tell you that hey, I want more food. I can handle more food. In terms of the frequency. Expanding yeah. Out? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And I found that, it, like, the timing of when I had the food made a huge amount of difference. What do you mean? As in eating something before I went in and eating something afterwards. Meant that I could have, yeah, yeah, that I could have more meals because of the fact that I had two already, either side of, you know, training. Fueling up. So I only had to, you know, gradually go from having one or two in other points in the day and, and build up from there. Did you, in your, like, I've never actually, I think I've never asked you this question before. Did you ever feel like you had a damaged relationship with food? Yeah. Yeah. Me and food have never got along. <laughs> In what way? Me and food have never got along. <laughs> In what way were you not friends? Uh, um, oh, I don't know. I don't know how to word that. <laughs> just throw it out there and we'll do our best with it from there. We'll massage it. Um, I don't know. I think I just always had a shit relationship with food. Food for me was a comfort. Um, so when I ate, it wasn't because I was hungry. It was never because I actually needed the food or needed sustenance it was just medicating yeah it's just because i was emotional or i was reacting to something or i was stressing about something or you know i i would never stop myself or i would never eat because i actually needed to eat was there a fear of food no i wasn't scared of food just loved it too much yeah yeah okay yeah so how to feel um when your body starts asking for more as, as you're working with us, like that, like, how do you, like, did that feel good? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because it was a different, it was a different relationship with food. It was uh, a different outlook on the reason I was eating. What was I wasn't eating because of the fact that I was happy, sad, emotional, stressed. Why were you I eating? I was eating because I needed it and my body needed it, you know, so it completely changed the relationship that I had with food. Roughly... I know the answer to this question, but I want you to answer it. How many training sessions a week were you doing at most? Three or four. 
Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, three or four. It's funny, like we've just spoken about, you know, going from eating two to three meals a day of fairly small size to eating, well, literally more than double. Yep. Of that. Yep. And, but you're also then not training the house down in mm-hmm. terms of living at the gym, smashing your body day in, day out. Yeah. Kind of runs contradictory to what weight loss is thought of as, yeah. which is usually like, I oh, will just hit the gym, do more gym yeah. and do less food. Yeah. Where you've gone the other way around. Yeah. And it clearly has worked. Yeah. You might say. Yeah. So, what. Where would you say your life is now versus pre-surgery? Uh, probably back where I would have wanted it to be 10 years ago. And what's that involve? Um, what do you do well, now? I work with resources with a friend of mine that I've known for 14 years. Uh, she's a trainer now. And when I started all this weight loss uh, surgery and then working with you guys, I... Part of what I organised to do when I wanted to get back into doing some exercise was going in and walking the horses that she had at Flemington. And that kick-started going in and doing a bit more and more and um, eventually ended up with me going over to the property and working with her over there. And then we got more horses and more work and... Mm. Yeah, now I basically work as an assistant trainer with her um, and it's just the two of us and we have our own little team of horses and quite happily plod along and do our thing and, you know, go in and out of Geelong and, yeah. Very active, active. very active job. back riding, which is a huge thing for me. Back riding? Yep. Previously, how long was it before the last time you rode horses? What was the gap? 15 years or so. All right. Now for the question, what did it feel like the first time you got back on? Pretty awesome. What do you think to yourself? Mm, I didn't think that I would be there. I didn't think that I would ever get to the point where I was back on a horse. And that was purely just because of weight. Yeah. You just didn't ride horses. It wasn't so because you didn't want ability. to no. or you didn't have the opportunity to. No. It was it was just weight. Yeah. Yeah. Just weight. And even when I had my own horses, I didn't ride all the time because of the felt fact that I felt bad about the fact that I weighed over 100 kilos and I was hopping on this horse and he was having to carry that around and yeah it's a guilt thing of you know I don't want to put that stress on his body as much as it's on mine Mm. you know so that would have been a very liberating feeling first time you do that absolutely yeah it was pretty it was pretty emotional that day (laughs) I did yes really I did that's, Very rare that I actually cry, but that's yes, not you. I did. That's not the woman I know. I did have a bit of a tearing on the day. But it would have been. Uh, Mind you, he bolted on me. I think the next time I rode him, so it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't so emotional that day. It was more no. a, more a hold on <laughs> for your dear life. And pull him up as quickly as possible, but didn't happen very fast. But they're the sort of tears you like. Yes, definitely. The tears of monumental achievement, which yes. can only be earned. Yes. As well. Um, how else is your life different now? Like, well, actually, before I go with that question, we mentioned before 100 110 kilos lost, 100 kilos lost? Yes. How many clothes sizes down roughly are we? Um, Ish. Uh, I know well, the easy answer is a lot. Yeah, I don't know. 
Well, when I was at my biggest, I didn't. I don't really know what what size it was. <laughs> uh, I think it was up around like thirty twos in an American size, which mm-hmm. is even bigger than Australian. Okay. Um, I know that I was wearing seven XL t-shirts when I started with you guys. That's a, that's the same size I used to wear, and I'm a little bit taller yeah. than you. So, and I'm now roughly a fourteen sixteen. That's impressive. Okay. Now, I should Courtney and I have spent enough time on our episode or our podcast, I'm sorry, where anyone that listens would know what we think about people's relationship with the scales. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I should probably just confess the only reason that we know how much weight Alison has lost is because she's told us. Mm-hmm. How many times have we weighed you since we met you? don't think you've ever weighed me that is correct the answer the answer is zero <laughs> yeah in hindsight do you get why that is yeah absolutely what, in your mind why how do you perceive that because that can go up and down and it's not really something that needs to be focused on it could change from the morning to the afternoon like it, it would today to tomorrow yep also when you think about it from from what's always been my my perspective on this like that's not the problem well, it's not. It's a no. byproduct of the problems yeah. that someone has. So then how could it be the solution? Yeah. So in this case, like we've we've had clients where they've had considerable physical change, mm. but the scales do not reflect it. So I always say that the scales are situationally convenient. They suit you when they suit you, and when they don't suit you, they're shit. Yeah. So in your case, the number suits, but nothing beats the photos. Like you can't. Mm. They're, they're undeniable. Yeah. Uh, so what's... What's your what's your outlook on life these days versus versus back then? Like you just you, you've told us where you're a bit of a recluse, bit of a hermit. Now you're on a podcast that's being listened to in dozens and dozens of countries worldwide. The uh, the old Allison wouldn't have done this. Oh, the old Allison wouldn't have done a lot of things. <laughs> what what but are you? No. What's life like now then in terms of how you how you view things in your life and how you view yourself versus back then? Uh, well, it's complete 180, really. Um, I'm a lot more confident. I'm a lot more out there. I'm a lot more social. I'm a lot more happy to be a part of the world and so have a life. <laughs> One might say you're living. Yeah, now. exactly. And a lot more what I would consider to have been myself before all of that happened. And these, I think, these sort of. Uh, rewards that you've got including now that what you do for a living is also your passion yep goes beyond just oh I want to lose 30 kilos yeah definitely yeah or I've got to do this diet to to lose these close sizes like the benefits you've got go beyond yeah for sure things like that yep yeah without a doubt so like what where do you see yourself the next five years well where do you want to take yourself uh your options now um yeah I'm Weighing up my options. I'm pretty happy with what I'm doing at the yep. moment. Yep. Um, there's a few things that I'm considering going into in the next little bit of my future. Um, do I know what one of those is? You do know I what do. one of those is. Okay, we're on the same track, yes. <laughs> um, but Stay yeah, tuned I'm pretty, for that. I'm, I'm pretty happy with what I'm doing. And yeah, I think there's a lot of growth in what I'm doing at the moment and a lot of growth in something that I'm extremely passionate about, so... Yeah. And that's something that um, you've, you've had to earn. Definitely, yeah. You know, like it didn't, 
you didn't, didn't, just you didn't fall come in my to lap. you. No, I did not. <laughs> it's, funny, it's funny how that works. There's a lot of entitled people in the world who thinks that success yeah. comes before effort. Yeah. Which obviously couldn't be further from the truth. So you're a tell me what you think here, Courtney. I, I consider Alison a legitimate one percenter. Yes. And by that I mean a very small select number of people who achieve something pretty special and life changing, but also they improve on it and keep it. And there's not many people like that around. Hence why like the Western world gets fatter and more unhealthy year by year, yet the weight loss industry continues to get more valuable. Yeah, well, of course. And I think there's a lot of misconceptions with that around weight loss surgery mm. that people have, um, you know, that it makes it easier. Yeah. Um, Would you say it made it easier, Alison? <laughs> no. I think that's probably yeah. one of the things that pisses me off the most that about people's reactions to what Ellie's done is that it... That they automatically think, you know, surgery, easy way out. That's how she did it. And that's how she did it, correct? What's your first thought when you hear that? Oh, you don't want to know my first thought. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> well, if it, pisses, a bit pissy. <laughs> if it pisses me off and I'm not the one that did it, the work, I can yeah. only imagine how much it pisses off the person who actually did the work. Yeah. Um, it pisses me off from a point where I've stood and watched what Ellie's done and I've seen her workout and I've seen the the blood, sweat and tears that she's put into the her transformation and to have some people cut it down by just assuming, not even taking the time to ask, but just assuming that and I know that's the society we live in these days. We live yes. in the society of assumptions. We see a picture we're in the Instagram world that we just assume what that person's life is like. But it's a good lesson, I think. I've, I've seen it as a good lesson in my life and it should be a good lesson in everybody's lives that things aren't always what they see in the picture. And to assume that Ellie has done it easy because she just got weight loss surgery and then she just got to eat less is the biggest load of bullshit that has ever been circulated around. Well, I can tell you from my perspective, because obviously I worked closest with Ali the whole, you know, the last two and a half, three years, two and a half years, yeah. Uh, it has been, without question, the biggest test of my skills as a trainer because of the, the yeah buts mm. in terms of here's a woman who wants to be active and is ultra competitive and because I can relate to you on that level, I know how I would feel in a situation where I'm limited by what goes into my body, I want to fucking kill someone. Yeah. So I, it, it, I, I've told people this. I think I've ever told you this. Like it's been the biggest test of my skills without question, because we've we've had boundaries placed around us yeah. as a result of the surgery. That yeah. I said to you from the outset, like we can work around this. Yeah. But it, it will make things harder yeah. in certain areas and. Like, it, it is an insult to say, oh, the, the surgery makes it easy. No, mate, it doesn't. If the surgery made it easy, why do people have repeat surgeries? Yeah. Well, I think that that's where the assumption comes from. Yeah. Because there are a lot of people out there that have had surgery yeah. to lose weight, and it's a constant thing of, well, they still eat shit anyway. 
you know, they're just using it as as an excuse, you know, things like this. It doesn't change your habits. Now, the, well, the yeah. problem is, is that people that get the surgery and they do it the wrong way, now apparently what everybody that gets surgery is painted underneath the same brush. So people get surgeries for different reasons and people use the surgery in different ways. Yeah. And I think that it's really unfair to paint everybody that has had the surgery with the same brush of... Well, you're just looking for the easy way out and you're just going to eat shit anyway. Yeah. Because it's like anything else, it's wrong. There's obviously people out there, Ellie, that would do that. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But yes, not everybody. No. Yeah. Well, that's worth, I suppose, touching on in terms of uh, post-surgery because part of, the, part of the when you have... Because I've worked with plenty of people who've had weight loss procedures and... In my, in my career right now, this is pretty easy. Only one has actually made something of it, and we're talking to her right now. Mm. Anecdotal, yes, but speaking of, I suppose, expanding on that, let's talk about a, an appointment, Alison, you had very recently, like today. Part of having weight loss surgery is getting regular checkups post-op to see, to see how you're tracking, see how everything's going. Something you told me before we got on the interview is something that we should really bring up here. What were you told in your appointment today in terms of the success you've had so far? Uh, basically that it was um, not something that they see a lot. And that, uh, yeah, um, it's not very common that they have someone come back and has consistently kept the weight off for as long as I have. Um, and yeah, they were, they were very happy with what I'd done. And yeah, from, from the way that they were talking to me, it was made very clear that it's not very often that someone comes back two and a half years later, having actually managed to keep that weight consistently coming down, especially in the last 12 months. It's that continual improvement that you've had. Now the thing is that, that discussion there says a lot in my mind because it speaks to, to people that don't even have weight loss surgery. How often do you see before, after, after, after? Mm. You know, and it's not, this isn't, this isn't a discussion about, oh, this only happens to people that have surgery. They go back to where they, where they started. No, mate. How often do you see this in, in any in standard weight loss circles? Like how often have we seen this, you and I, Courtney? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it's it's a fucking epidemic. It happen it happens so much, and I think that that's where people do go into things like weight loss surgeries for the wrong reasons. Yeah, definitely. and they going into them like people go into diets for the wrong reasons. Yep, it's they're looking for a short term fix, and they're hoping that by not changing too much, they can just continue living the lifestyle they enjoy. Um, while getting the best of both worlds. Yeah, I agree. Without to much me, effort. Sorry? Without, without much effort. Yeah, to me, yeah. to me, that's an entitled attitude, which I think is fucking loathsome, personally, because, you know, three of us talking from, from people that have done some, some pretty cool things, like it's, you got to earn it. Yeah. So in, in my mind, you're extremely rare, and I know that Courtney and I can talk to you like as peers. Like it's like talking to another high-end PT with what you've done yourself. Now, on the subject of that, can you give us your top five transformation tips? Oh, yay. I like this. I like ending with these. Straight from yes. the horse's mouth. Yes. She's say. written them down. Let her I, even, I even wrote a few. So my top five is number one, 
Listen to your trainers. Why? That was my number one. <laughs> uh, Why? Because I think if you didn't need them, then you wouldn't be there. Do it yourself, I suppose, wouldn't you? If you I could do it yourself, so if you knew all the information, if you didn't have to listen to anyone, then why are you there? Hmm. You clearly can't do it yourself. Was that hard for you, by the way, listening and trusting? Uh, no, not really hard. Are you sure? Yeah, it wasn't hard. Why? Because I'd made the decision to do it. Oof, well said. <laughs> can't argue with that. <laughs> so if you make the decision, I'd stick to it. Hmm. Um... My second one is be honest with yourself uh, because I think one of the biggest things that tripped, well, was a hurdle for me along the way is talking yourself into believing something that you're not actually doing. What way? So as in don't bullshit yourself because the only person that you're hurting is you. In what way were you bullshitting yourself at times? Oh, you know, oh, it doesn't matter if I do that. Or it doesn't matter if I follow through. Or it doesn't matter if I eat that or do this or skip this training. Talk, yeah, exactly. Talk yourself in and out of doing things because you can justify it or you can convince yourself one way or another because, yeah, it, you don't get anything out of it. Did you do much of that? No, but I had moments where I had to actually go, yeah, you're doing what you used to do. Back. Was that early on? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Looking, looking, just looking for ways out? Yeah, absolutely. Looking for a reason not to do it. Yeah, okay. Or looking for a reason to go, oh, you know, yeah, but I don't have the motivation that's a great to do one Because I think that that can follow you all the way through. Because I yeah. even now, even this many years in, I, I find myself questioning sometimes, oh, I could just stay home. Yeah. Like... Not just questioning, saying that. Yeah, Mm. and and you say it in your mind, you know. And this is after so many years that I've got so used to going to the gym and working out, and Mm. I still sometimes will have that. And then you snap out of it and you think, oh, don't be ridiculous. Yeah. But it is easy, I would agree with that one, to fall back into that thought pattern. Whether you act on it or not, Yeah. that's, you know, a different thing. But the thoughts are always there. Yeah, totally agree. Mm. Uh, my other one is to celebrate the little things that you achieve along the way. Because that's something that. that I never used to do. Okay. In what way? I never used to like be happy with the little things that changed or the little, little steps that were made. Nothing. And yet, yeah, that's something that sort of you guys have continuously said along the way. Would you always look at the, the, the bigger picture or the end yeah, result? Like, you're not there yet. You're not there yet, you so it doesn't, yeah, doesn't count. exactly. You don't celebrate the bits along the way and that's something that I think you, if you don't do you lose out on how many little wins would you say you've had I've had quite a few little wins they, they add up don't they they do add up I'd say quite you've had few. hundreds yeah. in two and a half it's years I'd say you've had hundreds of little wins especially when yeah. you consider in the gym in the kitchen between the ears and, yeah. and, and losing a hundred kilos on its own there every is kilo that. is a win <laughs> so that's just a hundred there <laughs> Let alone everything else. There's also, yeah. I think, the win that you've had in terms of the things you've learned about yourself and your self-awareness, yeah. which has improved dramatically. Yeah. Like your, your self-awareness is as high as I've ever seen anyone that's done this. 
So which basically means that I'm arrogant now instead of being quiet. Yeah, me. And you know what? We love that about you, Ellie. I would, I would say the arrogance has been earned. So you can have a bit of swag about you because ain't even, many done what you've done. Even more reinforcing how you and Matt are so alike. She's got, she's got swag. Let's, let's be real about it. But, but you know what though? Like you fucking earned it. No, you do. And like sometimes it's okay to, to smell yourself a little bit. Sometimes, like you know, I've done all right. I've done all right. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Um, what else did I say? Oh, set goals that you want, not ones that you think you should want or that others want for you. Mm, How did you do that? Mm, oh, no, I just mean like as in there's always things that you think you should want along the way or goals that you think that you should make for yourself or that others will make for you. Did you have that? Uh, yes. Details. And... Well, I think there's always been a, there's always been a push from other people in my life that want certain things for me, and I think it took me a bit of time to realise that I wasn't going for the things that other people want. I needed to go for the things that I want because that's the only way I'm actually going to follow through and do them. I think all three of us can, re- can relate. Well, two of us can relate to that, can't we? Oh, it's such a good tip, and I think it happens to so many people out there. Happen you to you? just get Happen caught up get yep. caught up in, in a particular thing yep. and you think that that's what you should go for and you're you never going to achieve someone else's goal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, has to be personal, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Otherwise, you won't do it. That's yeah, such that, a You'll do it to a point and then you'll stop because it doesn't mean anything to you. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, the reason's not it's, there. It's, yeah. it's so easy to let things get in the way. Yeah. Because the desire and that drive and that that... I'll fucking show you attitude yeah. is just not going to be there because yeah. you just don't really care. Yeah, yeah. You're, not, you're not fully invested. No. Nah. Yeah. Yep. All right. What's next? Uh, be open to stepping out of your comfort zones. Oof. And make choices yes. that reflect what you want in your life. Uh, just you just cringe hearing about it, don't you? Stepping out of your comfort zone and your automatic reaction is just, ooh. Yeah. How uncomfortable have you been along the way doing this? Extremely uncomfortable. How uncomfortable are you right now? I'm a little bit uncomfortable right now, but (laughs) I'm actually not uncomfortable right now. Um, But along the way, very uncomfortable. Yeah. And there's been plenty of times that I had to step out of my comfort zone. One of them being the first day that I arrived at gym. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That that (laughs) would be my biggest step out. That's a huge comfort zone. There's been plenty of other ones along the way as well. I think even for a lot of people, just having the balls or guts to ask for help Mm. is a big step out of the comfort zone. Yeah, absolutely. Just for a lot of people just hitting their snap point, being like, no, I need to make a change. I want yep. to make a change. Thank you. Yeah. Is is then you've just suddenly, you've just stepped into that that uncomfortable zone where you're just like, okay, now, you know, the uncomfort is going to start. So, yeah. you know, where do I go from here? I've got to ask for help. Uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, maybe join a gym or start working out. Uncomfortable. What else, sorry, what else do you find uncomfortable beyond turning up to the gym early on? What else made you really squirm through this? Uh, going out and being sexual always made me very uncomfortable. And at some point I had to, yeah, just go, do you know what? I'm working on it. So the only way I'm going to get it any better is by going out and doing it. Very good, actually. When like, would you say it turned? I don't know, probably a good 12 months ago now. Yeah, okay. Like when we pressured you, peer pressured you into wearing a dress out for yeah. dinner. 
Yeah, definitely. And peer pressured me into wearing a dress to the MP Awards. Yeah, we pressured him. Yeah. Was Literally, there's very, very, that was, there's very that was, rare moments that, that Ellie was pretty would wear much true of like as bad harassment yeah. and bullying I could ever is be it, accused yeah. of doing. Is it, is it peer That's pressure or just friendly suggestion? No, that no, was no, like bordering on harassment. Literally, there was no, there was no suggestion. That, <laughs> you know, that was, was you're doing that. I literally, I literally almost like just put the dress on her myself. It was like, here's your comfort zone. Get the fuck out there. Here's what you're wearing tonight. You don't want to wear it? I don't really care. <laughs> yeah. What's um? What's your reaction like when people see what you've done? Because you, in my experience, what I've seen, you've you've also squirmed when you've received praise. Yeah, I'm not very comfortable receiving praise. Has I'm that improved? Still, it's, it's improved, yeah, a lot. But, yeah, I still get uncomfortable in that situation. Why? Because I don't know. Because that's part of my personality. I'm resigned to the fact that that's part of my personality because I find that now I'm a lot more confident and a lot more sociable and all that sort of things, but I still get self-conscious when someone turns around and goes, oh, you know, what you've done is amazing. Yeah, I still go, thanks. Could that be a holdover <laughs> from what you used to think of yourself and how you used Absolutely. to be yourself? Absolutely. That's, like still, that. that's still there. It's always going to be there. Mm, yes, At least is. you say thank you. Yeah. I've had to bully my husband <laughs> into learning to say thank you. What was you, what did you used to say, Matt? When someone used to give you a compliment on how good you looked? Thank you. No, you didn't. You Thanks, liar. I know. No, no. He would turn around to people and just say something like, oh, nah. Or, oh, you know, and make something up. Why do you actually put effort into doing the impersonation like you do when no one's around? No. When you actually impersonate my voice. And the thing is (laughs) that I, the reason why I had a good chat with Matt about that is because you make the person giving you the compliment feel like shit. Mm. Because you're basically slapping them in the face with what they were trying to do a nice thing and suddenly it's like, oh. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I, say something. Sorry, <laughs> I bothered you by giving you a compliment. So what she's saying to you, Alison, is learn to take compliments better. No, I just up, said yeah. at least she says thank you. You can be uncomfortable with it, but mm. you can still be polite. And I think a lot of people, because their uncomfort level is so high, that they don't realise they're not being polite in that yeah. situation. Mm. But I think a lot of it, as you said, Matt, does come down to the way you used to feel about yourself. There's yeah, baggies that comes along you for felt, the ride. You know, you constantly you went for so many years feeling unworthy of anything good happening to you that it's or hard. Nice being said about yeah, you. Yeah. It's hard or things being nice said about you, but then knowing that they were said genuinely from not a genuine yeah. place in the past yeah. because someone was trying to be polite or they're your family, so they say it anyway, but yeah. they don't mean it. Yeah. And now you constantly have that skepticism as well of Yeah. Is that someone, are you just trying to be nice to me yeah. sort of thing? So you're not used to taking it from a genuine place because in the past you haven't had it from there. So it is a challenge to take a compliment. I think we all, I think we all agree on that. Mm. Was that um, was that all five transformation tips? I lost count. Totally was. That was five. That was totally five because she wrote yeah. them down. So totally she five. <laughs> is, there, is there like any bonus ones you've, you've missed? Any, mm. any, anything you want to sort of say wrapping this up? Not really. Cool. I think we've pretty much covered it. Courtney, any comments from you? No, I sort of sort of vented my anger before, <laughs> so I uh, I was happy I got that out. No, I think I think the thing to remember, and I think the biggest thing to learn from Ellie is a couple of things for me. 
which is a you really can't judge a book by its cover. I mean, you know that already. That's but, deep, man. But I think that <laughs> Ali's case is even more of an example. You can't paint everybody that's had weight loss surgery with the same brush. Just like you can't paint anybody who's decided to change up what they're eating um, with calling them like, oh, you're on a diet. You're obsessed. Or you're obsessed. Or, you know, it's, you can't. What's that? People always come out with that. I oh you know great diet that you're on. Are you allowed to have diet. this now, Alison? Yeah. Are, are you allowed to eat this? Yeah, you yeah, can't we, paint yeah, everybody that. with the same thing because mm. everybody is doing something slightly different, mm. and there's not one perfect way to lose weight that is going to work for every single person on this earth. That the way it's going to work for me is different than it, the way it's going to work for you, Matt. And obviously, Ali went down a different road again, so. I think, Ali, you've said in the past that if you could go back in time and maybe not have the surgery that you would. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. But, but you don't the same live with regret it's from it. Started this, yeah. So. I think yeah. you can't live with regret from it. You have to just... Make the best of it. Make the best of the situation. And yes, as a result, Ali, you had more hurdles along the way than the average person would. Yeah. Um, and that's another misconception that I really hope that people get from this is that just when you think the way somebody else is doing it makes it, quote-unquote, easier, mm. it's not always easier. Of course no. not. Courtney, you and I have done this for a while, what we do for a living. Have you seen many better transformations than this? Well, I haven't done it as long as you've been doing it. You've done it, you've done but, it for a while, though. Uh, like... Definitely not. I've never seen someone do something as well as Ellie's done it. I would agree. It's um, the best I've ever been involved with, the best I've ever seen, just because even if you go beyond the hurdles that are presented from someone having invasive surgery that actually limits your performance, your recovery, your ability to absorb nutrition, etc., most people fucking fail at weight loss goals because they just shoot their fucking feet off. Mm. You, did you say that you were going to put Ali's photos on the show notes page? Absolutely. Like, yeah. I'm, yes. I think that, that you have if to If I don't, look at them. I'm quitting from this podcast. Because you know what also gets me through? I often think about the way you used to look, Ali, mm. on those days because people think, you know, even for me after this long, oh, it's just easy, you know, for you and whatever. I bloody hate working out. I know, shock of all shock horrors. I hate working out. I hate cooking. Have a drink, guys. She said it again. Cooking <laughs> cooking for me is the most dull, mundane, crap job. Then that's just for me. Some people love cooking. I hate cooking. Some people love working out, a.k.m. Matt. I hate working out. I wouldn't say I love working but out. But I think if you've got something that is in your lifestyle that you really hate doing then looking at Ellie's photos and remembering them is going to help you through some of those days because it does for me. I think to myself sometimes when I'm at the gym and it hurts and I'm working out by myself so I haven't got that trainer there saying, you know, one more set or whatever. No, you could you could have done two more. Mm. My brain automatically <laughs> wants to just say, it hurts. That's enough. Stuff this. Yeah. I've worked <laughs> hard. I'm done. Move on to the next one. I look at... I remember what you, like, so vividly in my mind, Ellie, what you used to look like. Mm. And it reminds me of you showing up to every training session and giving it all you've got. And I think to myself, 
if she can show up and how uncomfortable and stressed you would have been to do that, if she can show up and do that, I can pick up this bloody weight and do two more reps. Like, it's two more reps. Yeah. So I would highly, highly encourage everybody to look at Ali's photos and to read more about her story because I think that um, not only will you learn a lot from it, it'll encourage you along the way as well. I've been impressed by the changes away from the gym. I always like, yes, the gym was difficult, but it's not the hardest part for most people. Mm. For 99% of people, the gym's the easy part. Like you teach them how to train, you repeat it. It's like, come on. Like pretty sure now, like Alison could train us. Yeah, she could. Not too fucking yeah, hard. Yeah, kick your ass. Yeah, she I don't doubt that in the slightest. Yeah. Matt just do burpees for half an hour. Good to go. But <laughs> Payback is a bitch. <laughs> you, you, you do always boast some of that. But it's also just the progress that occurs outside the gym. The progress that occurs between the years and the benefits that one gets from actually applying themselves to this long term. Mm. Benefits in terms of career, relationships with others, relationships with self. Like people get so caught up in the end result, they miss everything else that can happen that comes with this. So for me, it is unquestionably the best I've ever been involved with and the best I've ever seen. So I'm going to make you uncomfortable. Well fucking done. Uh, it's been like... A, it, Thanks, see? That's, see, that's how you take compliment. I know this. Um, I'm a work in progress. We are, we're, well done. We are both immensely proud, to put it fucking mildly, but also can't wait to see like 12 months from now, yep. two years from now, five yes. years from now, 10 years yeah. from now. Because what the way your life has changed, like I asked you the question before, where do you think you could be? Like you could answer that any way you want now because yeah. you've got options. Yeah. You know, and it's something that comes with really making this change. You actually have choices in life now. Yeah. So you can say yes or no, whatever the fuck you want to say yes or no to, mm-hmm. which a lot of people honestly don't have. So well done. Thank you. To put it mildly. Thank you for joining us. And I reckon that's a wrap, girls. What do you think? Thank you very much. Well, that was an amazing, amazing interview. I'm so happy we did that with Alison. It was brilliant. Just ask us. We'll tell you how good it is. Yes. So we really hope you got a lot out of that. Yes, absolutely. And I think, as I said, I think listening to that with an open mind, you will... I don't think a person could come away from that interview and not have taken something from it. I think so. So big thanks to Alison for giving us her time, wisdom, experience. And I suppose a big thanks to Alison as well for actually putting in the work to produce this transformation. Yeah. To enable like a podcast like this to even exist. Absolutely. Not possible without people like her. So a big, big shout out to Ali. Well done, love. Love your work. You're the best. Uh, once again, if you haven't gone there already, go over to the show notes page on this episode over at where, Courtney? Theweightlosspodcast.com. And check those photos out like they're, they're something else. Yeah. Ali's also a frequent member posting in our Facebook community group. She is. She is a leader uh, in our community and a legitimate superstar. So we strongly suggest you come over and join in the discussion at our Facebook group. You can find a link to our Facebook group over at our website, weightlosspodcast.com. Yes. Yes. Or just search for Total Transformations. 
on Facebook. Yeah, absolutely. So come hang out with us. Come and hang out. Check in there. It everyone's available to join, and it's just a great place to share well, your really experiences. A good, it's a good companion to this podcast. Yeah. Just because we're there, you and I, so it's a way to interact with us yes. as well, but also interact with the people that you're listening to on this podcast beyond myself and Courtney and others that are on the same journey as you, like, like-minded like people. Uh, and as you and I always say, Courtney, the, the power of support network. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so get over there and get onto it. Uh, any feedback you've got for us, we are always open to it. We love feedback. We don't exist without it. You can email us at um, uh, podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. That's why you're here. Yes. Thank you very much. Any future topics you would really like us to cover off or go into more detail about. And let us know what you got out of the chats. So definitely let, let us, us know, know what, what you got you've out of it. Out, yeah, let us know what you've got out of this chat we've had with Alison because we love your feedback. We love to hear how this is, is positively affecting you. And on that note, let's wrap this up. Yes, we will see you next week for another I, – I, it sounds so stupid to say, but we'll see you next week for another fantastic interview. Well, next week's a big one. Very uh, big. It's, it's part one of a two-part interview with someone very special and meaningful to us. I mean, everyone that we talk to is special and meaningful to us, but uh, this is one of our own coaches. Yes. And one of our own inspirations, so the people that – someone that you and I look up to. Yes. And that's a very short list of people. It is. Uh, so have a great week. We will speak to you soon. Bye. Are you ready to share your success? Head over to our website for full access to our show notes, resources based on today's topic, and links to our Facebook group so you can share your story with our hosts and many others out there who are looking to achieve and maintain their health and fitness goals. You can find all that and more exclusively at theweightlosspodcast.com. 